There's some of you that are just saying, my voice is just asking God, what do I do? And how do I do it? God wants to reveal to you some instructions. You need to open up your ears and start listening. So God gives you instructions. Give me the instructions that I need, God. Solomon was given a choice. He could have asked for anything, but what he asked for was for wisdom. And I feel like wisdom is needed right now. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to rain down wisdom upon your people as to what to do in that decision, that big decision or decisions that they're trying to make. There is a need for wisdom. Grant us that wisdom, Lord God, that only comes from you. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking to us about wisdom. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking to us about wisdom. God is imparting into us. He wants to impart instructions into us. And wisdom. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 1 verse 11 through 12 because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you kings. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the life. Wisdom is what we need in this hour. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to give us. And so, God, we just ask for wisdom in this case. And for each person under the sound of my voice who is seeking wisdom, we thank you for granting it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go into the word here. Again, happy Mother's Day to everybody that was celebrating Mother's Day. Um, we want to thank God for his hand of mercy and grace that was upon us. It is a blessing to have a mother, and it's a blessing to be a mother. We were all, regardless of what our background circumstances are, we were all here and brought here to this earth through a mother. Amen. So some of us may or may not have a good relationship with your mother. Um, but, or may not even known your mother at any point in your life, but you are here because a mother gave birth to you. Amen? So we ought to celebrate and thank God for that. Because if that was not the route in which, if that did not occur, you would not be here. Amen? Regardless of what the situation or the status of your relationship with your mother. And if you have a mother that's in the land of the living, you are 
be trying to make whatever effort on your part to have a good relationship with her because again, regardless of what her life took her through, regardless of what your relationships were growing up, if she had not given birth to you, you would not be here right now. And then also for those of us who are who have the blessing of being in that birth, whether we've given birth to children, whether they're spiritual children, whether they're natural um, or even by adoption or both, we thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Some of us under the sound of my voice have been um, mothers by way of being aunts and being friends and being um, caretakers and things like that. And so as, as well, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you as well. Amen. So we've been in a series for the past month on God's appointed festivals, and we have learned so much. We have learned about how God has set aside time, appointed time with man. And we as believers in Christ ought to remember his appointed time. Amen. So I'm just going to go quickly uh, through some of the things that we have learned as we wrap up this series on God's appointed time or God's festivals with man. Amen? So we talked about the Sabbath and how important it is as a day of rest as well as a day of worship unto God. And we as believers ought to be the priest in our own home. So therefore, we should be observing uh, the Sabbath together as a family. Amen? In terms of our worship. But it's also a day of rest for us to be able to rest from our labor, rest from the other things that we do in our life and then set aside that time intentionally just to get between you and God have that quality time between you and God commune with God and listen to what God wants to say to us amen it is a commandment from the Lord it is not something that man has the option in but God commanded it amen and then God all bless God also blessed the day and made it holy amen and so we've learned about how significant the Sabbath is. And as well, um, if you haven't started already having Shabbat dinners in your home, you're welcome to join us as a church as we have um, some Shabbat dinners. I think our next one is going to be Friday, as a matter of fact. Um, but the Sabbath begins on Friday um, at sunset, and then it uh, continues through Saturday. Amen. We also talked about the Passover, and we learned about how... Um, God used the Passover. The Passover um, was a time where God delivered the Jews from Egypt and how they put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts from side to side, bottom to top, which formed a cross. And they put the blood there. And when the death angel came, he passed over their house. We also talked about how Jesus is the Passover lamb. Because he's, his blood was shed once and for all, for all people. So that if we believe, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ and confess him as Lord, we may be saved. But so that our sins may be forgiven. So Jesus is our Passover lamb. Amen. We talked about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then how uh, there were two loaves of bread. There was the loaf that represented um, the Jewish people, the low that represented the Gentile people, or two types or classes of people, and how um, it was leaven. Leaven represents sin and decay in the Bible, amen? But how Jesus is the lamb without sin or decay, amen? And so, therefore, 
the feast of the unleavened bread. Why will you recognize that? Because Jesus, our Passover lamb, is our, was without sin all because, and his going to the cross on the on his going to the cross on our behalf signifies our freedom from sin. And so, therefore, there should be no time frame between once we are believers in Christ and us walking out a holy life. Meaning, we ought to at that point, once we have accepted Jesus Christ in our heart, make the declaration that from this day forward. We're going to try to live our life without continuing in sin. Amen. In other words, it's not just accepting Jesus Christ, getting, quote, unquote, saved, and then going back and living like the world, like we did before. But we ought to try to live in accordance with, with doing the word of God. Amen. That means we ought to put away our malice, our envy, our fighting, strife. We ought to put those things away and live our life in a way that is pleasing um, to the Lord. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, amen? We also talked about the Feast of First Fruits, how Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection, amen? And how we have a promise because of, Je because of Jesus. And it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Amen. So when we look at the first fruits, we have a promise. We realize that Christ was raised from the dead. And, uh, you know, even at that time, there were people that did not believe in the resurrection. They believed that, you know, it's not possible. Jesus is still laying there. They, they was taught and rumors at that time that maybe the disciples just went and grabbed Jesus' body or something. They did not believe in the resurrection, but the Feast of First Fruits commemorates the fact that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Amen. So um, that the resurrection of the dead is true. Amen. And so we also talked about <laughs> last week about the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, which is coming up. And um, what I love about Pentecost is that it really emphasizes for us as believers that God intended that there be no more division. So there was no more such thing as Jews and Gentiles, but together, they were all together in one room, and they received the one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so the church was birthed out of both, amen, in the oneness, amen. There's so much division or division in the world today. But that's not the way that Jesus intended it. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they received what power. And the Holy Spirit was promised to come upon them. That's why Jesus told them to wait. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, he knew, was coming upon the people. So what Jesus was saying to his disciples is that, okay, I'm getting ready back to ascend back to the Father. Now watch the timeline. Jesus has already come to the earth. He's already gone to the cross. He's already died on the cross. He's already been buried in a, in a, in a tomb. He's been resurrected. He, he has resurrected himself. He has appeared unto the disciples and others. And then now, watch this. He's getting ready to ascend back to the Father. But what he's telling his disciples is that just wait. Just, just, just wait. Because a comforter is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. Amen. And Jesus tells them in Matthew 9, 37, that the harvest is great, 
for the workers of healing. And so in Acts 1 and 4, he tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. So they were all there together. And so what this signifies is that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ was for everyone, the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember those two loaves of leavened bread? They represented two classes of people, the Jews and the Gentiles. Well, they were all together in one place in Acts. And on one accord of one mind. They're on one accord for one purpose. And they receive one spirit. And that is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so that is Pentecost. And so it is a happy festival. These are happy festivals. Okay. Alright. So there we go. Feast of Trumpets. So let's talk for a moment. The Feast of Trumpets. Remember, our focal scripture has always been in Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. And um, we have read through Leviticus chapter 23 uh, as we've gone through the different uh, feasts. But Leviticus 23, 24 says, God commands his people to gather and to commemorate the decree with trumpet blasts. That's Leviticus chapter 23, uh, verse 24. Leviticus 23, verse 24. Say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. So the sound of a trumpet is associated with the rapture or the time Jesus will return for his bride. So I want you to understand God's appointed time. Now, if we look from the beginning of this series all the way up to where we are now, we see something beautiful in the story that God is laying out for us from the very beginning. We talked about the Sabbath rest. The Sabbath goes back to the beginning of creation. Because remember in the beginning in Genesis, how God blessed the seventh day. On the seventh day, he rested from his labor. He blessed it and made it holy. So it's a day of rest and a day of worship. Amen. And then we also go into the Passover. Remember him being the Passover lamb. We went into the leavened bread, meaning the decay, the two types of people, Jews and Gentiles, two classes of people that were living in sin and decay in need of a savior. Amen? And then we came all, come all the way up. We talked about um, our leopard bread come all the way up here. Now to trumpets. The trumpet represents what? We talked about the first fruits, Jesus being the first fruits of the resurrection. Now the trumpets, it represents the rapture. The rapture. The trumpets represents the rapture. If you remember last week, I talked about how there will be a reunion of the believers. Amen? There will be a reunion. So the trumpets represents the rapture. And that is the time that Jesus will return for his bride. And once Jesus returns, there's going to be a wedding feast of celebration. Because the Bible tells us in, Rome, in, in Revelations chapter 19, verse 9, 
If you don't have that, you want to get that. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. He's preparing us to celebrate. See, all of these appointed times, they, they remind us of one thing. Jesus wants to fellowship with you and me. That relationship, the biggest thing that we need to get from this series is that God wants to commune, fellowship, and relate to us. It's a relationship between us and God. Amen? God wants to commune with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 52. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm sorry, and verse 52, if you don't have that. You want to get that. First Corinthians chapter in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. We will be changed in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. So we have a promise in this life from God that we're not just walking this earth, just living this life, and you know, Okay, that's great, that's fine. But we have a promise that guess what? There's going to be a reunion of the believers in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. We will be changed. God's appointed time with man. So let's talk about what was the feast of trumpets. So the Feast of Trumpets was observed on the first day of the seventh month, ushering in the second series of the set of feasts. Remember, we talked about there's two, two sets of feasts, okay? So it fell on a Sabbath day, watch this, on the Sabbath day at the time of the new moon and ushered in the Jewish new year. So it was followed by the Day of Atonement on the 10th day of the month. And by the Feast of Tabernacles, which began on the 15th of the month, a Sabbath day. Remember that Sabbath day. And ended on the 22nd day of the month, which was also a what? A Sabbath day. It was ushered in with the blowing of trumpets. Now remember, God said to Moses to tell the people to remember these feasts. And what did we learn at the beginning of the, of the series? That these feasts were what? A type and a shadow of things to come. Some have been fulfilled and some are yet to come. So why do we still remember them today? Is it just a Jewish thing? Not at all. It is for all believers. Why? Because they all point to who? Jesus. They all point to Jesus. Everything points us to Jesus. Amen? So during the wilderness wandering, um, two silver trumpets made the atonement 
and they would atone for the atonement of your sin. Okay? So therefore, while the children of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness during that time, they blew your trumpets. So the fact that the Feast of Trumpets comes immediately at the close time between the two series of feasts is not without significance. There's an importance to it, okay? So as we've seen, the interval represents what? This dispensation of grace. And we know that these two things are to happen at the close of this dispensation. First, the church is caught up. Second, Israel is to be gathered back to their own land. So first, the church is caught up. Second, Israel is to be gathered back to their own land. When the church is caught out, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Turn in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen. And if some of you haven't been here for these past weeks of this series, you may get a little lost or confused. You need to go back and download each one of these so that you can understand what God is saying to us. In First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen, it says, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven." with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you've been around this ministry for a while, you understand that we have said that everything in the Bible is true and it's facts. So when the Bible tells us that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, remember he ascended back to the Father. But the Bible says that he shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So that helps us to understand that as believers, when we confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we have a promise from God that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen? And so we need to remember that. So first, the church is to be caught up. And then secondly, Israel is to be gathered back to their own land. And see, when the church is caught out, the Lord himself shall descend. And we shall all, and we shall not all sleep or die. But we who are then alive shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the trumpet, at the trumpet sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be what? Changed. So, in other words, what God is saying to us is that not only do I want you to believe in me, accept me as your personal Lord and Savior, serve me, live in accordance with my word, but guess what? It doesn't stop there. Now you have the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, and you've got power. You've got victory in, you, in this life. But guess what? There's a greater one to come. Because not only am I ascending to the Father, but I'm coming back for you. Amen? And even if you die before I get back, 
guess what? The dead in Christ will be the first to rise. And even if and even with that, guess what? Not everybody's going to be dead at the time. Not everybody's going to be asleep. We shall not all sleep, O oh God. But those of us who are in Christ at the time of his return, what? We shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that's important for us to understand. We have a promise. God has made an appointment with us. You remember this time of the series we were talking about how you go and you try to make an appointment. And sometimes your appointments get canceled. Or it's hard to get an appointment because whoever you're trying to get an appointment with, they're booked. So they have very limited time. Well, it's not that way with God. God had set appointments with us. God's appointed time with man. Because it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Amen? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen? So we have a promise from God. Amen? So this last trump is not the last of the seven trumpets that sound in the book of Revelation. Because well, it doesn't sound until the middle of the week while the church is caught out before the beginning of the week. We are to understand by the last trump, the last trump of the two trumpets used by Israel, the first for the calling of the assembly, will call out the dead in Christ from their graves. And the second or last for the journeying of the prince will be for the signal of the upward journey of the risen and transformed saints to meet the Lord in the air. Now, some of you got confused. You're like, what are you talking about a rapture? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because in Matthew chapter 24, verse 31, it says, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. There's a reunion coming, amen? Yeah. How many of you have ever had a family reunion? And you see loved ones, but you haven't seen them in eons, in years. And you're excited because you're happy to see them. Well, guess what? There's a heavenly reunion coming. There's a spiritual reunion. Because God's going to send his angels with the sound, a great sound of a trumpet, and gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Amen? So we have a promise from God. And we have to understand that the Son of Man, when he comes in the clouds of heaven, he's coming with power and great glory at his revelation of himself. See, it's not of the church. It's not of the church. The glory is not in us. It's in God. And we miss that sometimes. The glory is not in us. It's in God. Amen? Amen. 
So we see that the Feast of Trumpets is a relation, typical relation to the catching out or being caught up of the church and the regathering of Israel at the second coming of Christ. So when God was speaking to Moses and telling him to tell the children of Israel to remember these feasts, he was speaking prophetically of what is to come. Amen. So it's not a Jewish thing. It's not something you do away with. What he was speaking and prophesying to us and letting us know is that there's an appointed time when I'm coming back for my church. And all of Israel shall be gathered together. And I'm coming back for my elect. That's what God was speaking to us. That's what God was saying to Moses. And so this has led some to believe that Jesus was crucified at the time of Passover. And the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost. And, that, and that's when he's going to come back for the rapture. And it will take place at the Feast of Tabernacles. But what you have to understand is that God knows what he's going to do. And whatever he does, even if it's not during Passover, even if it's not during Pentecost, whenever God decides to come, if God decided right now, if trumpets started blowing right now, and he decided that he wanted to pull all of his elect from the four winds of the earth, guess what, my brother, my sister, you better be ready. I said this way, don't get caught without Jesus. You ever heard somebody say, don't get caught in the streets without your ID? You're a little too dark for that. Some of y'all thought that, some of you didn't. Let me say it again. Don't get caught in the streets without your ID. You're a little too dark for that, okay? Hashtag that. I see that over all over social media lately. <laughs> but understand this. Don't get caught without Jesus. Because you don't know when. No one knows the day nor the hour except him. And some people say, well, it'll be there during Passover or it'll be during Pentecost. Whenever the Lord decides to come, I want to be ready. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. Amen. So we have to understand why the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, the Day of Atonement. To make atonement is to make a restitution for wrongs committed. That's what the word atonement means. It means to make restitution for wrongs that have been committed. So it's a day of humility and repentance to God. And it's a time where the Jews uh, come together in humility and repentance to get their hearts right before God. That's what the Day of Atonement is. Let me go back up to something in the Feast of the Trumpets. I'm sure I have to go back up to the Feast of the Trumpets. That's right there. In reference to the Feast of the Trumpets, um, the Feast of the Trumpets is a typical relation to the being caught up of the church and the regathering of Israel at the second coming of Christ. Amen? They call it the second coming because obviously the first coming was when he was born and uh, uh, walked the earth and then went to the cross and everything. But they call it the second coming because Jesus is returning 
Amen. Um, but this has led some to believe that as Jesus was crucified at the time of the Passover and the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, that when he comes back, the rapture will take place at the Feast of Tabernacles. And the revelation seven years later at the time of the same feast. However, I want to emphasize, and maybe I, I thought maybe come back to this and say, whenever God decides to do it, whether the people that believe that it will be during the Feast of Tabernacles, whether they are correct or incorrect. I want you to understand something. God can choose his appointed time whenever he wants to. So what we want to take away from this is that we have to, number one, recognize what God is saying to, and two, honor God, because there is an appointed time, amen, when the rapture will take place, amen. I had to come back and clarify that. There is an appointed time when the rapture take place. It is a belief of some that just like Jesus was crucified at the time of the Passover, just like the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, it is a belief of some, somebody say of some, that he will return, that he comes back, the rapture will take place at the Feast of Tabernacles. That is some people's belief. Okay, And the revelation seven years later at the time of the same feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. That is some people's belief. Okay, Take with that what you will. The point and the message is that there is an appointed time when he is returning. Amen. And that the rapture will take place. And I don't want, I had to come back to that because I don't want people to get caught up on that. So you're saying is every time there's a Feast of Tabernacles that that's when God is returning. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is that he's returning. That Jesus will return. There will be a second coming. And there will be a rapture. Amen. You just be ready. It's like hearing through the community. Oh, well, there's going to be this event on this day. I heard it through the grapevine. No, it's a different day. No, it's a different day. Whatever day it is, be ready. Amen. That's the point of that message. So now let me go into the day of atonement. So the word atonement means to make restitution for wrongs that were committed. So the day of atonement, it was a day of humility and repentance unto God. Amen. It was like acknowledging that we need God and there are mistakes that we have made or sins we've committed in our life and we need to be in repentance for. Okay. So at the time, it was the time that Jews came to get better for better. Okay? And what they would do, they would sacrifice animals as the high priest entered the holies of holies. Okay? And so um, what the high priest did there couldn't offer more than an, anim an annual payment for their sins. In other words, every single year, they would have to go out and they would sacrifice animals. And every year, they had year after year after year. Okay? Now we know, of course, Jesus died on the cross for us once for all of our sins. So therefore there's no more need to go and sacrifice animals. Amen, everybody with me? So there's no more need to do that. Okay? So however, hiding in plain sight was the promise of one who could atone for their sins permanently 
and that is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9, 12, if you don't have that, please grab that. Hebrews 9, 12. So there's no need to go right now and try to do any sacrifice. What sacrifice? Because Jesus did it once and for all. He says, it says, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. So Christ did it once and for all for us. Amen. Once and for all. So we don't need to make a continuous um, blood or annual blood sacrifices for animals. Okay. So at the time, the Jewish leaders, they condemned Jesus. And he, burning with the sins of all mankind, was led out of the city to be crucified. So the Jewish leaders didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah at the time. Okay, So they basically led him out and they crucified him. It says in 1 John 2 and 2, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the world. In other words, no more need of any more sacrificial animals every single year because Jesus did it. So the necessity of the Day of Atonement was rendered void by what? Jesus' death on the cross, which is the payment for our sin, our debt. Jesus paid the debt with his blood, with his life. Amen. Anybody ever have a debt? You ever see anybody come and pay their bills for you? Got a credit card bill and somebody just come and pay it for you? You ever walk up to somebody and just pay their credit card bill? What about student loans? Anybody just walk up to you and just say, hey, I just want to pay off all your student loans. I know you just got your master's degree, you got $50,000 in student loans, you just pay it. Anybody do that? <laughs> Some of y'all said you wish. <laughs> Jesus did that for us. He paid the debt for our sins. Because do you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Did y'all catch that? The wages of sin is death. What's the wage? The payment. You ever work on a job and you get what? A wage. You get paid. For what you do. So for what we have done in sin, the payment is death. Spiritual death. Amen? Jesus' blood that he shed made what? Atonement for our sin. The word atonement, make restitution. For the wrongs committed. Amen. He made atonement. He made, he made atonement for our sins. So there is no need, amen, to go get an animal and try to sacrifice them every single year. Okay? Jesus did that on the cross for our sins. And so what God was saying to Moses is that I'm going to go. I'm going to send my son and I'm going to go to the cross as a sacrifice 
who are your sons. And guess what? You ought to remember that. You ought to remember that. So, from a Jewish perspective, the Day of Atonement was Israel's annual cleansing from sin. So, for a full day of services, they read certain scriptures and um, for a full account of the day and the services. You want to look over to Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 through 34. And we're not going to go through that today. But on your own, you can read Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 through 34. And you'll see exactly what they did on their day of atonement. So it's typical meeting was fulfilled in Christ. Why? Because Christ is our great high priest. So instead of the offering, a sin offering for himself, he offered himself as a sin offering for us. Amen? He offered up himself for us. And we have to understand exactly what it is. So when you hear somebody say the day of atonement, what, what are they talking about? And how does that pertain to us as believers? My thought is just, you know, Jewish stuff or, you know, Old Testament stuff or what does that really mean? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into one, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For who? For us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In other words, if it worked for the children of Israel during that time annually, temporarily, how much more spiritually and permanently will we receive eternal redemption because of the blood of Jesus Christ? So we have to understand the day of atonement so that we can understand both the Old and the New Testament, amen? So that we can understand how it was relative at the time, but how it is very pertinent today. Because had Jesus Christ not gone to the cross for you and me, come on somebody, there would have been no redemption. But the atonement was made through his blood, amen? So it is very significant and important to understand the day of atonement. Amen. Remember these appointed times are a type and shadow of things to come. They all point you to who? Christ. There is no other way other than Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. There is no other way. And so 
So the fact that the Day of Atonement is placed between the Feast of Trumpets, which we have seen will have this typical fulfillment at the second coming of Christ, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a type of Israel's millennial rest, it shows us that some typical significance between these two events exists. See, it refers, to, it, it, it refers to the time when a fountain will be opened. See, we have to look at the fact that, remember you have the two loaves of leavened bread. You have the Jews and the Gentiles. And remember that God loves all people. He created us all. So the same Jesus Christ that died for the Gentiles also died for the Jews. That same salvation that's available to the Jews is available to the Gentiles. That one spirit came upon who all was there in the room, the Jews and the Gentiles. There's a, call, a catching up of the church and a gathering of what? The Jews. Amen. So we have to understand that it's the same God. So the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths, if you hear Feast of Tabernacles or you hear Booths, the same thing. It's the celebration that follows the Day of Atonement. Okay? Follows the Day of Atonement. The Feast of Tabernacles celebrates God's provision and protection for the people of Israel during their 40 years wandering in the wilderness. In other words, when God brought them out of Egypt, they went through a wilderness experience for 40 years where God was leading them and protecting them, providing for them, saving them. And then they went into the promised land, the land of plenty, okay? Flowing with milk and honey. So the Day of Atonement, I'm sorry, the Feast of Tabernacles is a celebration that follows the Day of Atonement. And so this feast celebrates how God provided and protected the people and allowed them to get through that wilderness so they could wander in the promised land. And so for seven days, people live in temporary, who live in temporary structures like they did in the wilderness, okay? So the Lord himself is with the Israelites in the desert in a tented temple called the tabernacle. So the feast also celebrates his presence as he tabernacles or dwells with us, okay? So the Feast of Tabernacle, Tabernacle dwells, lives, dwells, lives with us, amen? So Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us, amen? So I told you this series was going to cause you to grow up in your faith, and it was going to give you a foundation so that you can understand what God is saying to us when we read scripture and the significance of his appointed time with man and relationship and communing with God, how that is significant and important. So in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, uh, God is called what? Jesus is called what? Emmanuel, which is God with us. So Jesus put on a temporary tabernacle, which is a human body, to dwell on this earth with us and to offer himself as a sacrifice for us. I want you to begin to understand the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay? 
Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, he put on a temporary tabernacle. He put on a temporary body, a human body. He dwelled on this earth, and he offered that temporary body as a sacrifice for us. Did you catch that? So the feast points to the promise that God will return and rally with his people in the person of Jesus. So now catch, some of you, you got to get this in your spirit. All of these feasts are a type and shadow of things to come. Some have been fulfilled and some are yet to come. And they all point you to Jesus. So this feast points to the promise that God will do what? He will return the rapture and rally with his people, commune, fellowship, be with his people in the person of Jesus. And when he does, he has what? Promised that there will be no more death and suffering. Remember, he died on the cross for what? For our sins, sickness, disease. Why? Because it says he was wounded for our transgressions. That means sins. Bruised for our iniquities. That means sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Uh -huh. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen? So it points to the promise that God will do what? He's going to rally. He's going to return in the person of Jesus. And that when he does, he's promised us there's no more death, no more suffering. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. That's what Revelation 21 says, don't you? His return is the final answer to the hope we carry in all our lives. So look at it this way. For those who may say, well, what's the purpose of me becoming a believer in Jesus Christ? Why should I do that? Why not just wait till I think I'm about to die and then do it? Why live this life this way? No wonder the your tomorrow is not promised to you. Your next second is not promised to you. Your sec next second is not promised to you. But look at it this way. What God was saying, even from the very beginning, when he was talking to Moses, he said, remember this, because this authority is going to take place. And it all represents my son, Jesus Christ. You ought to remember that there's an appointed time coming there's an appointed time coming. God has an appointed time that he has set aside for you and me. And you've got to get this down in your spirit. You have to understand there's an appointed time coming. And even if for those who are dead in Christ or falling asleep, guess what? The Bible says they're going to rise first. They're not going to miss it. So great-grandma's not going to miss it. Great-grandpa's not going to miss it. They're not going to miss it. Why? Because the Bible says we're dead in Christ to be the first to rise. And that we who are alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Don't get caught without Jesus. Don't get caught in the rapture without Jesus. Don't get caught without Jesus. Because he said in his word, remember, it's, it's in the word is what? Is facts, is truth, and it's facts. If it's in the Word. So we have to ask God to, when we read Scripture, we ask God to reveal to us 
what he's saying to us. How many people have ever read Leviticus before this? You skipped past it, didn't understand it, didn't see the significance of it, how it even relates to you as a believer in Christ. It absolutely relates to you as a believer in Christ. Everything, now I want you to look at the Bible differently. I want you to look at it and understand every single scripture that is written in the word belongs to, is important to, significant to you. It's not just to somebody else. It's in relationship with you. And it does what? It points you to Jesus Christ. It points you to Jesus Christ. So why should we pay attention to the things that's happening in this world? Because it reminds us that guess what? God's got an appointment. Some of you trying to get appointments with doctors ain't going to get any doctor's appointment. But guess what? You got an appointment with God. Why? God says you had nothing to do with the schedule. God scheduled it. Ain't that something? You didn't schedule it. God did. He just told you about it. Hey, Moses, go tell my people to remember these feasts. Okay? For all generations. And keep it as a memorial. Because guess what? A day is coming. When I'm coming back, I'm rapturing all my people together. And I'm going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more sickness, no more death, none of that. I'm going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be a homecoming, a family reunion, a harvest homecoming celebration. Y'all know about the family celebration, the family reunions, and you're out there dancing, you got all that food. Eating too much. <laughs> All generations. You got the babies dead and your grandma's dead, your grandpa's dead. You got that family that you can't stand that's crossing your path. Okay. You got all your family members and loved ones. There are people that you haven't even seen. There are people that's barely related to you, but they stop by because they see some barbecue and black people. Or they see other people and they see barbecue. Come on. Y'all know about that. I'm making a joke out of it in a, in a comparison, but in reality, imagine that thing. Just think for a moment. People from all four winds of the earth all come together because of Jesus. Amen? I hope you got something from this series. I hope you really take the little thing, any message that I've ever been blessed and honored by God to preach. Like any and all the years that I have been preaching, I've been preaching 27 and a half, no, I, a long time, a very long time. Very, very, very long time. I can't even remember when I preached my first message. I know it was at least 10 years ago, somewhere around there, I'm not sure. But of all the messages, God's appointed time with man is the one that sticks out the most. Because if you think about it, God set this up. We have nothing to do with it. It came directly from him. You ever have a God moment where you're going about your day, doing whatever it is you're doing, and then all of a sudden God just starts speaking to your heart? 
Ain't got any time to be trying to do anything. Just sitting, relaxing, and just doing whatever. And God just starts speaking to me in my heart. I call those God moments. Well, this being God's appointed time, go back and read Leviticus chapter 23. I implore you, if you do nothing else, go back and read Leviticus chapter 23 and ask God to download and reveal to you. Don't take my word for it. Plug into the link and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And download these uh, messages from this series. Of all of them, this is the one that I believe is the most the most um, revealing to me. I don't think it was that personal to me as a person. Because it shows me how much God loves us. That he set this up on our behalf. And we ought to give him thanks and praise for that. I'm out of time, beloved. I just want you to take this time right now and just thank God. Don't take anything from him. For his appointed time that he set and established for you and me. At this time, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, you have never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord over your life, this is the time for you to do it. Don't let another day, another hour go by because it is not promised to anyone. It is not promised to anyone. 